Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. This week we are joined by Braden O'Donnell of Goonies Outdoors. Braden is a local guy that grew up venturing some of the same mountains and same streams my boots have also seen. We talk a little bit about bear hunting in the state and his great kill, the old elusive whitetail deer hunting, and trout fishing the great waters that our state has to offer. Braden had a great couple past years. We tell a couple stories, including the bear kill, that you do not want to miss. I think that what Braden and the Goonie Outdoors stands for is exactly what we are shooting for when we are looking for a great PA outdoorsman. We really hope you guys enjoy our conversation. And until next time, I really appreciate all the support and love. Thank you, and God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. With me today, I'm joined by a local boy. This is this is going to be a really good conversation, and I'm really happy he come through. Um, Braden O'Donnell of the uh goonies the goonies outdoors is that right yes sir okay perfect perfect yeah the kids they call the goonies right damn right <laughs> sweet man i like it i do i do i think it's original i really like it so um let's get started man let's get down to business i want you to introduce yourself you know who you are just a little bit about yourself and then let's start with how uh how you got introduced into hunting all right yeah uh thanks for the introduction really appreciate it uh for those of you that don't know i'm braden o'donnell I'm from Cambria County here in PA. I really got into hunting through my dad when I, at a very young age, even fishing. And uh, yeah, just ever since I started, man, I just fell in love with it. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. And it's once the bike bites you, man. It's and then that's really all it takes, you know. And um, we were talking a little bit before you come on, and like I can just tell and and you know i know for being around you and hunting around you that i know how addicted you are to it and i know the bug has got you good but let's jump right into what was your first experience in the outdoors that you can remember that was like oh man like this this is this is awesome i'd say definitely my first rifle season with my dad Mm -hmm. i'd say i was probably 10 or 11 years old and we went out uh, my very first day of, uh, hunting with him and I saw a really nice buck coming up and it was actually being chased by a coyote Mm -hmm. and I'd never even got a shot. And later that week, uh, I guess it doesn't matter now. He let me skip school and, uh, I ended up shooting a spike. And as soon as that deer came out, my heart was just through my (laughs) shirt. Like it was, it's just unreal, especially with him. Now, you're at the age that you are, when you started, did you have to be 12 to shoot a deer in Pennsylvania? Um, to be honest, I don't really remember. Okay. All right. I just, I'm just curious because I, I mean, I'm at the point now where I can't even remember what, what year they changed that. You know, I, it is different now with the mentored youth, but, um, you know, what it used to be was. 12 years old is when you got your mm-hmm. license, you know, and you could go with your dad or your mom or whoever took you, uncle. Um, but you, you were re- basically there just to check it out and see what happens, see how it goes down and be part of that camaraderie and everything that comes yeah, with just it. Just the whole experience. Yeah. Well, that's the best part, right? Yeah. The whole experience. So, um, you know, you, you, you're on the social media a little bit. 
and you get to see some of the stuff that's going down within the hunting industry, mm-hmm. right? And do you think or do you like the way that the hunting industry is moving, what it's moving towards? Or do you feel like you like the older way um, that it used to be, like maybe like as you seen it as you were growing up? Honestly, I'd say I do like the older, like, traditions. Hmm. Um, I think some of the new rules and regulations that they come out with, I disagree with. Mm -hmm. But in general, I'd say, yeah, I'd probably lean towards, like, the older style. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah, it's it's funny that, you know, you say something like that just, you know, because you're age. So, I mean, that's really not too, too long ago that... It just, it kind of picked up a lot of speed, you know. We went from, the the bows weren't what they are now, you know what oh, I mean? No. And I mean, I know you can probably definitely even remember the bows that were, that we used to have. Like, I remember when the Matthews, uh, I think it would have been the Outback, Matthews Outback come, and that was like the shit. Like, that was, that was, you know, the cat's meow. And it's still a good bow. There's oh, a definitely. lot of guys that will, 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 you know, kill for one of them. But, um just now you know the modern bows every every single one of them's good you know you could go to the archery shop and get one right now and you just basically are take getting the one that feels good for you because they're all good oh, you know yeah. what i mean not you know, that one's better than this one that one's no they're they they're all have their strong suit in some form or some way and you kind of need to pick your poison but um to get back what i was saying uh y- you had said you know, there's some that you agree with and some that you don't agree with. And we don't need to get into laws or rules or anything like that. But is there anything that you want to see maybe changed or something that you'd be looking at? Like, hey, we should maybe take a second look at this. Oh, uh, yeah. I think um, I'm really for Sunday hunting. Mm-hmm. I think that would be awesome. Just more of an opportunity for people to get out in the woods. Mm-hmm. And I know people have their arguments about, like giving the deer rest or whatever <laughs> i which i don't i right. don't see that but i mean yeah i'd say that's like the main one for sure okay yeah i i i'm i'm in total agreement with you and you know i do understand the aspect of um i don't think i think people like to say give the deer rest but what they actually mean is they want the rest yeah right definitely because you know mr wiley coyote i don't think that he knows it's sunday no right (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i I would definitely get on board with you for that um let's do the other spectrum um what's something that you think that we do really well as a whole in pennsylvania as far as on the game side um i'd say probably i like our bear actually i think they just changed something with the bear seasons and rifle Mm -hmm. but i i'm really for like the bear archery coming in whenever it does yeah i think it's right around halloween usually Mm -hmm. it's only about two or three weeks around here but i i'm all for it dude i like just seeing bears knowing where they're at that's that stuff's cool to me yeah well you're you're into you like the bear hunting Mm -hmm. yeah that's good man i i you know i'm i'm all for it i think it's great and i'd like to bear hunt and stuff it's just like i'd kind of have to save my time for this this and that you know oh what yeah I mean? it's tough yeah it is it is um especially you know kids and all family yeah. and all that you got you know we have we have some other stuff we have to take care of first but uh i know lots of guys in our area that are really into the bear and you know being in 4d is is good too mm-hmm. you know for sure yeah because 4d's got you know as part of special regulations and all that other stuff so it's it's definitely a good area. Plus, we got lots of mountain laurel, and they seem to really like that. But um, 
other than that, man, we were talking about the, uh, I want to stay on deer hunting here. Uh, okay. We were talking about the trail cameras, right? Yeah. And uh, we were talking about before we come on, and I did just want to get your uh, opinion because we were just saying they just passed that thing in Kansas where if you're on public land, you can't use any uh, trail cameras, which, you know, I teach as their own. But I'm just kind of curious, just since that's a hot topic, if you want to touch on it at all. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. I, I'm really for using trail cameras. Mm. I run, I'd say, between my brother and I, we're probably near about 25. Yeah. We share some spots, and some spots we know our limits. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I think – I'm I'm definitely a guy that would vote for keeping like cell cameras. I'm I don't rely on them, but I think they're good intel. Like one of the strategies I use is going into known bedding areas in probably like September and just letting the camera soak. Yeah. And I only go there when I get deer in daylight. And I've had a lot of luck and like I've shot a lot of deer just by doing that. And I'd say other, like, just regular um, trail cameras, I'm definitely for those. I have a bunch that I just let soak. I don't check until this time of year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I'm just all for the historical data. Like, that's how I pick a lot of my spots and know, not really know exactly what deer is going to come through, but I know that I could see a three-and-a-half-year-old-plus yeah. in the rut. Right. They definitely have their advantages, you know what I mean? Oh, Especially they do. whenever you're maybe yeah, I I would think the biggest advantage to a cell camera versus uh stationary S D card would be if you were travel hunting. And I don't I don't just mean to another state, but let's just say you were hunting a game lands that's twenty five miles from here, right? And you're kinda like, eh, I don't really know, like, yeah, I kinda wanna go in there and it's the night before a heavy frost or a cold front and all of a sudden, you know, there's the one that you've been looking for and you just got a picture of them in daylight right i oh, mean yeah. you know where you're going oh right? yeah you're there <laughs> early <laughs> right so yeah i could definitely see the advantages and then i understand the other aspect where some guys are like oh man you know like that's kind of cheating i i get it man I, I get it you know and i think the only problem that comes from it because i i don't i don't think it's cheating personally if it's legal it's not cheating you yeah, know what i'm saying i was gonna say as long as it's ethical and right whatever as, as far as ethical i don't that ever to, to each is their own you know because yeah. everybody has diff, different ethics but i think that where where you i guess have to draw the line would be are you using that camera like i i read a story and I, this is where i didn't agree with it where a guy had multiple trail cameras almost in a line right picture this in a line mm-hmm. and he was hunting one side of this property and all of a sudden he caught this deer moving this way and got a picture of him on this camera and then got a picture of him on the next camera and now he's like hey i know which way this deer's heading right and he circled around to this other side and cut the deer off and that is part of him probably knowing the land or whatever you know like oh it's probably gonna move through there and he killed a deer yeah i i i I mean i feel like he doesn't shoot that deer if them cameras aren't there yeah i agree right so he had like a tactical advantage was it ethical i don't know you know, like I said, everybody has different ethics. But where I think it really hurts is the woodsmanship. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, boy, it, it's it's not like it used to be. Like, you could go into a bar or something like that, and you talk to, like, older gentlemen. You could still do this. And usually it's the older guys because they don't – they're probably not using trail cams at all, 
or yeah, even, you just, know what I mean? They're just able to go in the woods and find these deer. And what it is is they have woodsmanship. And I feel like that's kind of like a dying thing, right? And it's one of them things where it's it's kind of like certain trades and stuff. Once that once that's gone, like, and them guys, you know, they pass away or whatever. It's a it's like a lost art. So I think that on one side of it, as long as you perform and know so much woodsmanship and you're still okay with using the uh, cell cameras and stuff like that, I think that you're in good shape. But if there's guys out there, because I know there are, that just lean on the trail cameras, like, or yeah, especially the cell. depend on them. Right. And they, you know, that's kind of on them. They should learn. I feel like you should learn the other thing first and then, you know, kind of gradually, okay, I'm going to start hanging some trail cameras instead of just, like, starting out, like, how to be a deer hunter. First thing you do is go buy a trail camera. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? No, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's an ethical thing, and to each is their own. And I don't dog anybody for doing anything as long as it's within you know everything that's legal, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but this this should be pretty easy for you. I want you to gear me up for a deer hunt, okay? So basically, I'm gonna call you up Friday night, and I'm gonna say, hey, we're gonna go hunting in the morning, right? And you say, okay, yeah, I'm gonna take you hunting. How's that go? What what should I expect to be going hunting with, with you? Um, I'd say that night I'm definitely going to get a good night's sleep because usually whenever I've planned hunts, they're mainly all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, pack a lunch, uh, get everything, get all my gear ready for the morning, and we'd probably go to public land, I'd say. Mm-hmm. That's what I've mainly been getting into. And uh, a lot of my spots – we're we're gonna have a pretty good walk. I'd say roughly two miles ish. I, this is actually exactly what happened whenever I shot my deer this year with your cousin Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing. Like it was just random. He texted me. We went out and um, I use a saddle and sticks, and he has a climber. So we just set up where I knew there was a bunch of acorns, and I set him up by the scrape that I knew of. And I went up probably 200 yards from him and sealed the deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one hell of a hunt. And you said, like, you would be like wanting or, or looking to go in public. Now, do you want to go and hunt the public because, you know, what's, what's the reason? Is it – because I know that you have access onto some private and stuff we were talking about before we come on. Is there a reason why you would prefer the public? Um, Not really. I'd say – and in some cases, it's definitely more challenging. Uh, like I said, I I like to walk farther because I know it's not as pressured. And just through, like, historical spots, I know, like, where deer hold up. Like, a lot of these spots are laurel patches mm-hmm. and um, steep hillsides. And I just kind of use that and the wind to my advantage. And basically just knowing where you're hunting. Mm-hmm. Like, if you actually know the land it's a huge benefit and like i mean most of the time you get outsmarted by those old bucks but there's those days where you just need that one doe to come through or you just got perfect wind or basically i don't know sometimes it could be luck right well you know if you get boots on the ground compared to like scouting on like cyber scouting because i I mean, I lay in bed every night and look at maps. It's just I'm just obsessed. Uh, you know, I'm obsessed. Yeah, over it. And you, you probably do the same thing. Yeah. You know, 
that's the other thing I was going to say. Onyx is your friend right. for sure. For sure. Yep. And it is great, but I can't tell you how many times like I've marked spots on on Onyx or or whatever app I'm using, and I go in there and I'm like, oh, I don't really like this. Or like I go to a spot and then I walk right by a spot I seen on the map, and I'm like, oh no, this is it. You know, like this this bowl or this ridge or this little finger or this you know hogback or whatever I'm you know looking at. But uh, but you guys, you do the whole process, don't you? I mean, you you guys do you butcher your own deer and yeah. Okay, yep, I thought so. Yeah, we butcher them. Uh, it's definitely a little pricey at first, like just to get all the mm-hmm. like the grinder, yeah, the sausage stuffer the uh dehydrator but like to me it's more rewarding doing mm-hmm. it yourself for sure and it i don't know it's just preference i'd say it tastes better too because yeah. you know you know what you're getting yeah you know what though you in pennsylvania right this is this is a really common thing for me to to be able to bring up and talk to another resident is hey you butcher your own deer and like it's not really a question most people do and you know we're really lucky that like especially me you whatever we're born into that yeah you know like there's a lot of people out there that don't have mentors like that you know like your your dad or your uncle or your mom or whoever's showing you how to butcher this deer and cut the fat off or you know hey cut the steaks this way or whatever you're doing or uh, butterfly these because they're they're better sauteed or whatever you know, they're over the back of your head and they're like, hey, don't do that. Smack you in the back of the head, right? And you're, yeah. you're learning, right? I was going to say, I probably learned right whenever I was around my first deer. Like, mm-hmm. just watching, I grew up, like, my dad would usually cut up other people's deer with them and right. just learn the whole process. And now I love it. Like, I can do that, like, right. with my eyes closed. You enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my brother and I, we, we are very good. We work very good together, and we're fast, and we're clean, and ah, I love it. I I really enjoy butchering the deer. I, I think that that's really part of the hunt. And then, like you said, there's other things you can make other than just, you know, your hamburger, your steaks, and stuff like that when you're making your sausages, your jerkies. Um, some people make, uh, um, like, uh, specialty things like salami. Um, mm-hmm. My brother hot dogs cheese yeah, filled hot dogs thing. you know like boy are they freaking good too i swear oh like, they are i don't know when you talk good about a hot dog but a, a venison hot dog stuff with she- cheese is just it's different it's out of this world man <laughs> it really is so but yeah i think that uh that that we're really lucky that we're able to to be able to talk about that and and go down that road knowing what we're doing you know and luckily like we're able to pass that on to other people or show other people, you know, I'm sure that you have people reach out to you and are like, Hey, how the hell do you do that? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I actually get DM'd quite a bit and just like texts from buddies like that they've killed a couple deer, but they, uh, the text usually says like, I've never gutted one. Like I need your help. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm usually the gutting guy. Right. And I mean, it is what it is. I like helping. Like yeah. I'd rather them learn than mess up or, yeah. I don't know. Just makes it fun too. It's just another memory. Now, I mean, this is something I have to ask you. So, if you were with somebody and they shot their first deer, do you make them do anything, or you know, hey, here's I do. Okay, let's, <laughs> I I gotta hear it. Yeah, I mean, 
from my first deer, my dad told me it was tradition to bite the heart. Bite the heart, yeah. And <laughs> so I did it. I I had no idea. I thought that was right. Yeah. And yeah. We made my brother do it, and I've actually had a couple of buddies that I made do it. Right. And um, this year I actually did something funny. The deer that I shot, I, I just worked pretty hard this year to uh, shoot a deer, mm-hmm. and um, I. I'm on TikTok here and there, so I see the Liver King guy, mm-hmm. and I actually took a bite of the liver and made a video like he did. Yeah, and it was it was pretty funny. A lot of my friends didn't like it, but yeah. Do you um? So you shoot a deer, and do you keep the do you keep the organ meat? Do you keep the heart in the liver? Uh, yeah. I actually just started like three years ago. Okay. My cousin and I we do a big cook at the end of the year. Yeah, and it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Some we do. people don't like it, but we do the same thing. Yeah, we take the deer heart and we actually we pickle it. That's what we do with it. Oh, I bet you that's good. Yeah. Yep. It is good. You'd be surprised how many people are like, What? That's pickled deer heart. That's crazy. But yeah. And then my dad's a big liver freaky. My brother likes it too, but I don't have a couple pieces, but I don't go crazy for it. Yeah. Honestly, I just did it for a laugh for the mm-hmm. video, but I'm not into eating it either. I got you. Yeah, I wish I wish I could like it more than I do. I like the first couple bites or whatever and then I'm start getting that. Like it's like a film in your mouth, and I'm like, ah, no more for me. Yeah, it's you. I'm just gonna say you probably just think about it too much, and yeah, I just, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I'll eat it, but I'm not, you know, not too crazy about it. Um, I want to talk a bit about you know, you're an archery hunter, and you've seen your fair share of shots now, right? I want to talk about some ethical shots. Okay. You know, what what are some things that have happened to you where they may have been a learning experience? Hey, you know, you took this shot and you thought about it and afterward, I don't know, like maybe I shouldn't have took that shot, right? Yeah. And then you learn from it whether you retrieve the deer or not. So just kind of give me what you got on, on that matter as far as taking an ethical shot with a bow. All right, yeah. Uh, so for me, I'd say – I'm like a 50-yard guy if it's open. Most of my spots, my farthest shots, like 30 yards. Mm-hmm. And I'm big on shooting them broadside. Like, I try to wait as long as I can mm-hmm. unless it's like a mega giant or something. Then right. you got to sometimes risk it. But I'd say I had a couple that, like, actually the deer I shot this year, I tried to stop him, and he was quartering to me. And I tucked it right at the shoulder, and it uh, came out his back leg. But I hit the artery. It only went 10 yards. Right. So, like, that time I felt pretty lucky because the shot was sketchy. And then I I had a couple of times with Doe that um, they were quartering away, and I just hit high and never found him. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I've never wounded a buck, but, I, I mean – Knock on wood, don't want it to ever happen, but yeah. I know stuff like that, it's preventable if you practice or just wait till the perfect opportunity or sometimes you just got to pass them. Yeah, so <clears throat> I, I do want to touch on my story about passing a big buck. We were in Ohio, this is two or three years ago, I can't quite pinpoint it, and uh the first set, I snuck into where I thought that there was a buck's bedroom. There was a huge scrape out on his finger, and there was a uh, beech tree, you know, sitting there, and it was just thrashed. And when I, it was one of them car hood scrapes, you know, like when you see him, you're like, okay, like, 
and it was fresh. I mean, it stunk, you know. Oh yeah. And there was a patch of uh, green briars, like right off the bottom of this hill, like the the lip of the hillside there, like almost just toward the top. But there was just a little bit of military crest, and I could see it from the top, but I couldn't see the whole way back into it. And I said, you know, like that. This is where I'm gonna hang. And it actually got dark, and I hang. I hung in this tree just because I didn't want to hang in the morning. I wanted to be in the stand before light, you know. And uh, a tree that I got picked wasn't as good as I thought it was. And I got up to level, and it got light out. And I'm like, ah, I don't really like it. I don't really like it. Well, then it was still early in the morning, and I had heard some crashing down over the hillside. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe it's a deer, maybe it's not a deer. And sure as shit, I turn my head, and there's a giant coming. And I mean, when I say giant, it's 160-inch deer. I mean, it's a monster, big 10-point. And uh, he was coming right towards me. Well, he, I think he picked my ground scent is what happened. And uh, he kind of got weary, and he corkscrewed around me, and I got set up for a shot, and I took the shot. And I, I didn't see it hit him. You know, I knew I hit him, but I didn't see it hit him, and I thought that I may have made a good shot, but <clears throat> I have learned in the past not to make mistakes with tracking deer too fast and, and things like that. So I didn't let my brother know until later on, and uh, it was probably about six hours afterward. It was about lunchtime, and I said, hey, you know, if you want to take a break, I hit one. We're going to go look. He said, okay, he come up, and we searched. We searched thoroughly, you know, and uh, we lost blood. There wasn't very good blood, but I did I did hit him, and I broke the arrow. And you could see where it went in, but I think, looking back, I think I hit him, and it would be like the forearm. I think I hit a limb. and uh, it, looked like, it looked like the shot was clear, but it was thick in there. And uh, <laughs> it brings me to what happened. Three days later, I moved my stand just down below there, and I found another scrape. And uh, I said, screw it. You know, I'm in one of them moods. I'm just going to sit here and wait. Well, sure as shit. It was either the same deer or it was damn near. I mean, it was one or the other. It, it looked just like the deer I'd shot. And he come in, and he actually turned right out in front of me, the only open shot I had, and his ass was facing me, and he was looking back at me. And he see, he was looking up at me, but I think he was looking through me. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Something's not right, but I can't see you, but I'm kind of looking through you. And uh, I just didn't take a shot. I mean, could I have shot him, you know, down in, you know, try to tuck one behind the spine, bring it out through the brisket or something? Just didn't take a shot. You know, I mean, and that's one of them things, like, maybe I'll get a shot at him next year. Yeah, that was three yeah. years ago, but maybe he's still in there, right? So, I don't know. It's it's one of them things. You got to take ethical shots. I, that's just the way I believe it. We don't need to be out there wounding deer and, and all that stuff. But Oh, yeah, that same thing honestly happened to me. Um 2021 when i shot my bear uh went out same location two days after and obviously i was working for the triple and i had a deer come in on me i just couldn't like it was raining that day mm -hmm. didn't hear him and he was already at like 15 yards and i had my bow in my hand i was in the saddle just leaned to the side and the shot wasn't perfect so i just had to wait and as soon as I waited, he caught my ground scent and yeah. never saw that deer again. Yeah, that happens, man. It, and you know what? It, it's all a learning experience. But sometimes, like, you got to get in there somehow, right? Oh, yeah. And sometimes it just doesn't jive the way you think it's going to jive, you know? So I've had plenty of deer catch my ground scent. But at the same time, man, like I said, if you're playing the wind and you're playing the thermals and things switch around on you, and you can get down and move. But sometimes, like, that happens right before dark and it's like, I mean, what, what am I going to do? Now, if I'm going to hunt back in there often, usually I'll get down and get out of there. And, you know, I don't really want to want to botch something up, but it is really hard to do. Um, 
but you know we're talking deer hunting and uh deer hunting just ended just just in case you forgot but we're already yeah. talking about it <laughs> but we are getting into something else right and i know you're crazy about it and i'm crazy about it too and um you're already out on the stream yep you know so tell me about your day the other day yeah so i went to a um artificial only mm-hmm. spot because our first day here in pa is april 1st yep and i really enjoy going to this place i know you've been there before oh, yeah we talked about it and um it's just one of those things man like just being on the stream you're just relaxed uh they actually just stocked it a few weeks ago so there was a bunch of people but i the first time or the first day that i was there i caught i think six and one was pretty nice and the second day i went i caught eight and then i caught a really nice one it was probably 22 23 and yeah i'd say you just to me man you can't beat trout fishing right i agree brother i think i have you ever fished any other states no i haven't so i i have and i will tell you this state's awesome man it's it's awesome like beyond good and there's a lot of other people that will tell you the same but you get out like west and stuff even like um i have some friends that live just on the border pennsylvania new york and new york's good fishing too and they actually travel down to west virginia and do some fishing also but um you know the uh, a lot of those spots, they really mimic what most Pennsylvania looks like, too, especially in our area. Our area is wonderful for fishing. Oh, uh, yeah, I love and it. I'm not going to say a bunch of stream names and stuff. But oh, me neither. We are, <laughs> we are very blessed. Uh, but let's go down the road of how do you think that the Pennsylvania Fish Commission does as a whole with the stocking in, in the trout season? You think they do a pretty good job with all that stuff? I'd say, yeah, I think, um, some, some spots, I think they could stock it a little more. Okay. Cause I think a lot of those fish, they get pulled out of there the first two weekends. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, I mean, you know, opening day, Oh yeah, it's there's wild. 10 people in the same hole for sure. And they all got a stringer. Yeah. And I'd say kind of like hunting, man, the deeper you go, uh, luckier you get mm-hmm. and you'll sometimes you'll run into a little hole and you catch Be 10 full of them yeah yeah <laughs> and they probably weren't even stocked that year yeah yeah i i think that they do i think they actually do a spectacular job to be honest i think that they have a lot to deal with and the thing with you know whether it's doesn't matter what agency right you're not gonna appease everybody no. you know what i mean but I, and the reason I say that, that I think that they do a spectacular job is because there's a lot of streams that they could stock too, and they won't overstock over the wild trout population, right? And that's, to me, that's important because that's that's my bread and butter. You know, I, there's there's places that believe it or not, I don't want them to even put the trout in, you know. There's a whole science behind that, and I don't really want to go down the road of that right now on this podcast, but I prefer the wild native trout. I still fish the stock trout. I have nothing against them. There's a stream not far from me, and I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about, and I live on that stream. Oh, and yeah. it's a stock stream, but I catch a lot of wild browns in there, too. Oh, yeah, they're in there. Oh, yeah. And, and you know when you catch them, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And is there anything that you would want to see changed maybe with the Pennsylvania laws or rules or regulations uh, or move anything around with the um, the trout fishing? Honestly, I think it's they do a pretty good job, like you said, and – I really don't have many complaints. Mm-hmm. I I really like going to those artificial spots, yeah. especially in the winter, just take a little break from hunting. Yeah. 
And yeah, I I'd say they do a pretty damn good job. Yeah. Yeah, that they they do. And like you said, I like the artificial thing. I think that that's cool. It it really is. And I'm and I'm actually a guy who will lean on minis. Like if I'm like, "Hey, I want to go catch a trout." And I'm not really pissing around. Like Oh, yeah, that's I'm taking, the go-to. Yeah, I'm taking minis. Now, you know, like you take the fly rod and you could do well on it. Um, you know, or I I make my own lures too. So, I that's a lot of fun too. Um, and all that stuff you can catch trout on. It's just some days it's you know, for me, I don't know. I'm just like, I, I'm not fooling around. I need to be catching yeah. some trout. And that's how I feel about waxworms sometimes. Yeah. I I do fairly well with them. And I have a couple other baits. Not going to name them. Right. But, dude, I get it done. I'll just say yeah. that. Yeah. I tell you, I just want to touch on a funny story real quick. Um, I had a gentleman come up to us one time. And I was standing there. And he was talking to my uncle. And I just overheard a conversation. And. He said uh, about using waxworms. My uncle said, oh, that's, you know, I'm, I'm just using waxworms. You know, he said, well, I just don't understand how you're catching them so easily, you know. And my uncle said, I'm, I'm using, just using waxworms. Like, here's my setup. This is all I'm doing. I'm just using a bulber and they were fishing the slow water. And uh, the guy said, oh, waxworms. Well, I'm using waxworms and I'm not catching them. He said, oh, you, you know, just, just look at my setup and mimic it and you'll probably get them. And the guy said, okay, okay, thank you, thank you. He said, can I see your waxworms? And he pulls the waxworms out. And, you know, they're that, like, that, uh, that, like, beige-ish, light, yeah. tan color, you know. And uh, he said, oh, you know, those are nice. You know, the ones I got, they're, I bought the blue ones. Well, the guy walks away, and we're like, oh, you know, we don't think nothing of it. Well, the blue ones are dead. They're, dead. <laughs> they're all freaking dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's just one of them funny camping stories, but, uh yeah, I, I think that they do a good job, man, and um, I want to talk about some of the trout you caught. So let's talk about some, yeah. some nice trout. Um, I'd say probably my personal favorite, not too far down the road. Um, it was actually a 28-inch Palomino in the stream, and I was with my brother and spotted it up, and I was actually using a bait that I've never caught a fish on before. Nice. And I threw in a couple times, and fish swarmed at it didn't take it mm -hmm. and then i'd say within five casts it took it and i have a nice video on um my instagram page of me releasing it back probably could still get it like artificially mounted or whatever mm -hmm. but i i don't know to me i'd rather a kid keep it yeah for and, sure man because it's it's a local spot like this spot is not far from the road and right it to me i think i've just a just as much fun throwing them back. It is. It is. I I think it is. Yeah. And then I'd say actually back at that artificial spot, um, we had a hammer day. My brother, myself, and my buddy Richie, we were out there. And we honestly, we probably caught 40 fish that day. Yeah. That's and a hell of a day. We Was it sunny? Was it overcast? or? Um. No, the it wasn't even yeah, it wasn't even really that nice out. The water was pretty muddy as well. Mm -hmm. We were just hammering them. And we uh, uh that day we have pictures each of us with multiple fish over 20 inches. That's so awesome. It was yeah, it was definitely fun. I'd say um that that was definitely one of my favorite days and then we have those days too where just want to sit back, drink a couple beers with some friends. For and sure. 
go to the local pond up there and mm -hmm. i mean you catch just as big a fish there i mean yeah. that's a good club up there yeah for sure man i know you guys have fished there too oh yeah plenty of times plenty of times but like you said yeah that's nice sometimes it's it's nice and and that brings me to the point that what kind of water do you usually gear towards you know i i prefer a stream that Oh, I don't know. I'm going to say it's probably no more than, like, 20 feet wide. That's just what I prefer. Yeah. I, li I like that, like, mountain water, you know. Um, I would say the biggest water I fish is the Little J. That's the biggest water I fish, and that's no secret. I talked about a Little J plenty of times. Um, now, I don't fish it down too, too far, so I'm not going to – well, I mean, you could drown in any type of water, but – I'm not going to get washed away where I fish, put it that way. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I'd prefer definitely smaller streams. Yeah. I feel like, to me, I kind of have it down, like know where to look to find fish. And I'd say the biggest stream that I fish is probably Kettle Creek up near Potter County. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, my cousins and I, we have a camping trip every summer, and we go up there and hammer them. End up seeing a bunch of elk, bears, rattlesnakes, right? Everything up there. Yeah. Like yeah. they say, it's God's country up yeah. there. It's nice up there, man. We we had a camp up there. Uh, my uncle still has one, but we we did get rid of get rid of ours. Um, but it's it's a long ride up here from here, and like I said, I gotta I gotta try to use my time wisely. So I, I try to stay local that way. Whenever my wife calls me, I can come right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but yeah, back, back to the trout fishing thing, man. So when you do pull up to a stream, like what's your, what's your techniques? Like what's your train of thought? You're going to start down here. You're going to work your way up the stream. Do you like to try to fish it downstream from the side? What do you usually like to try to do? Um, I definitely like to fish it downstream. I feel like usually I like to go in a group. Like the other day is the first time in a while that I fish by myself. And usually we'll have one guy park down the road and we'll drive back so we don't got to walk walk it twice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'd say what we look for is um, just make sure it's not too high because a lot of us like to actually get in the water. Mm -hmm. And I'd say kind of just, like, knowing the area, knowing that there's fish there definitely helps. And I'd say just knowing which baits to bring because some days they're hitting and sometimes they're not. Right. And besides that, I'd say, I don't know, just get out there, really. Yeah, it's really incredible, like, the way that they can, you know, look at the bait and decide that doesn't look like it should. Mm -hmm. Or, like, that looks really good, right? Because, like, you think of the intricacy that's on a fly. And, like, you would think, well, they're they're just rising and they're hitting these bugs, so I'm just going to throw a bug. It's going to lay on top of the water. They're going to hit it. No, yeah, <laughs> that's not the way it works, right? You know, if your hatch ain't right, usually you're not gonna catch them. But it's it's amazing to me that they can they can see like that. Oh yeah, know? they definitely have good eyesight for that. Mm -hmm. And like I'd I'd say a lot of those spinners too. Like you look at them, you're like, I don't know why a fish would even go at this, really. <laughs> right. But then there's guys ripping them out with them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, catching them on spinners is a lot of fun, man. I, I, I think that that's once you master that. I don't say master that. Once you get good at that, you can catch a lot of trout. Oh yeah, especially stock trout too. And actually, I'd even go as far to say is if it's a wild or native stream and it hasn't been touched for a while, 
I think that you might even actually do even better because there's not it's not really been pressured like some of the uh, stock stuff is. But yeah, from what I noticed, a lot of those native streams, those fish are pretty aggressive. Yeah, they can like, be. Yep. First couple casts, you're probably catching one every time right. if it's good hole. Yeah. Well, like I said, if it's not pressured and you know what I mean, if it if it's been a month or even longer, sometimes sometimes them streams haven't even seen anybody. I know there's a stream I fish that there ain't nobody walking that far. I know there ain't nobody walking that far to go freaking catch a trout. Yeah. And uh, I do very well, very well. Uh, but yeah, I I'm very excited also for the for the trout opener. Um, I've only been able to get on the stream twice early this this year but they were both very good trips and uh i wish i could do the mentor youth here but i have some other stuff going on but it will be on for sure oh yeah the the first day i will be out there and i'll be out there getting it and very excited very excited and once that comes in like i said as soon as all these uh guys that like to go the first day and hang it up you know or the first week or whatever then I'll, i'll gladly take their spot and i'll be out i'll be back out there so, um, I want to touch base on your, on your bear, man. I want to talk about the bear you killed because, you know, I, I probably, I would say I probably only know, I want to say, I just don't know too many people that were able to shoot, shoot bear in Pennsylvania. Uh, and especially not on a drive, mm-hmm. right? Cause that's, I mean, that's, that's the popular thing here in Pennsylvania. PA boys are good at driving deer and they're good at driving bear. Yeah, I mean, it's, definitely. That's a fact. You know, they know, guys know what they're doing. You talk about, like, some other states, like your Michigan boys are probably good at it. Your Wisconsin boys, they're good at it. And it goes on all over the country. It's just, I think it's a lot more populated, or a lot more uh, popular amongst, um, at least, the, uh, that I've seen, or people that I know. But um, just want you to touch base on that hunt and just, you know, let us know how it happened and and uh, and how much it weighed. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll jump right into it. Uh, so this was the 2021 season. I this particular spot, um, it's right up next to a cornfield, and I have a mock scrape there. And I was actually deer hunting, and I have the cell cameras set up there. And uh, the day I killed the bear, I think it was November 2nd, and two days before it, it was a Sunday. And I got a bear on camera mm-hmm. right in daylight, right in the morning. And it's it's actually the same bear that I shot. So uh, the second I'm sitting there, I had a nice six-point come by right at like 7.30. And this is whenever I took my um, – or I actually had to skip class that day just because I ended up shooting the bear. And I'm sitting there. And I had class at 10, and it was probably like 9.15, and I was just glassing around, making sure nothing was close. And I I was actually on my phone, which I don't really like to do that, but it just happened at that time. And For sure, yeah. I looked up at the edge of the cornfield, and there's this bear walking right at me. And by the time I saw it, it was already 25 yards, <laughs> and it – actually came into about 15 and it climbed the tree right beside me like i think it knew something was up right or winded me winded or something you. right and um i was in the saddle so i had to grab my bow and reach over uh to my right side and i was just 
sitting there shaking like a leaf. I've never had a bear that close in archery season. And um, that thing walked out, and I shot it at five yards. And rage went right through it. And um, I probably waited about an hour just sitting there in the stand, just Mm -hmm. way too excited. For sure. I mean, honestly, I was hoping to shoot a deer that day and ended up getting the bear. Uh, So my brother and the – I won't say any names, but the neighbor, he came. And, uh, like, he's really experienced bear hunter, so Mm -hmm. um, wanted him there to help. And we tracked the bear down through the laurel, and we actually ended up in its bed. There was a bunch of blood there and no bear. So we figured we jumped it. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying this was about an hour after you'd shot, or is it even more? No, no. I, I said uh, an hour, like I just sat there. Okay, okay. So this is probably, like I shot at like nine, mm-hmm. and um, I'd say we went back in at like two. Okay. So we gave it time. Yeah, for sure. And from that close of a shot and where I told him I hit it, I figured we were perfect. And um, we actually tracked it probably – 50 to 100 yards after its bed and it led right up to a stream and that's whenever we started like getting worried and we um we noticed on the other side a big wet spot from where the bear crossed and that's when we lost blood and we were actually tracking it by water for about like 30 40 yards just because that's just right where it went through and uh at that point, we had very little blood because it cleaned itself up or whatever, and uh, we were kind of losing hope, honestly, because, I mean, those bears, they're strong. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, we were kind of grid searching at this point, and I looked up, and I saw the bear laying there, yeah. and I, I started screaming, and it jumped up, and within probably five seconds, it was out of view. And we just started taking off after it. And luckily, the neighbor was with us um, and went up onto his land. And this is where the cell cameras, like, this is why I really like them. Um, he has them set up all over his food plot. And he knew that which way the bear was going to go. And so we just waited it out and never got a picture. So he's like, we know it's right in here. Like, um, he sent me up around. And him and my brother stayed on the blood because it opened back up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bear actually came back out at five yards, and I got another shot. Yeah, <laughs> it probably went 20, 30 yards after that and let out the little roar. And and that's when, I guess, the party started. Like, we were just excited. Uh, those rage, like, the first shot wasn't bad. It was just a little bit back. Mm-hmm. But that second shot, it, I knew I drilled it. Mm-hmm. And that was actually when I used my older bow. I had a Matthews Q2, and I used that for every deer that I've shot up until this year. I upgraded to a VXR, mm-hmm. but, I mean, that thing, I think I had it at 65 pounds. It blew right through the bear, no problem. And, yeah, dude, that's, like, <laughs> that's it was. a hell of a story, yeah, man. That's why I wish I had a GoPro. Yeah. Because I feel like that would be some cool footage, definitely. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm super happy for you. That's, you know, that is so, um, I want to say, that's just something that we don't do a lot of talking about. And I really wish that more people were educated on the whole wounded process. And I don't really care what it is, right? 
there is a protocol that I think should be followed for a wounded animal, okay? Because I can't tell you how many tracks I've been on, okay? And I'm not saying I'm this professional tracker or something. I don't put my ear to the ground or my nose to the wind, right? But, like, it just, I think that people just, just rush a lot. And, you know, I'm not talking about your story. I just, in general, they just kind of get too excited. There are outside things that can happen from, you know, jumping a, a deer, a bear, a, uh, you know, whatever it is that you shot, you know. And that could be you waited long enough, right, and you, you went in and you're like, oh, we waited him out. Like, he's probably dead. And you go in and a coyote eat the whole ass out the deer or something, right? Because that happens a oh, lot. Oh, definitely. It happens. It happens, you know, like uh, my one buddy was just on the podcast not too long ago. They got They got his deer. And it was a matter of hours, you know. And some of these places just are, they're more popular to coyotes than others, right? Oh, definitely. And, I mean, they're hungry, too. So, I, I mean, well, you can hate them, love them, whatever. Like, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're going to eat, too. So, um, but what, what I was saying is I, I just know too many people who have got, got shot deer, right? And, like, oh, I made a good shot. I made a good shot. But, like, number one, are you being truthful yourself? Number two, do you know where you hit the deer? Because I can tell you plenty of the deer I shot. I don't remember where I hit him. I promise you. Yeah. I, I know I watched a shot happen, but I just don't know. And it's usually, you know, when you hear that sound, then you just, sometimes you know, like that thud, that, oh, that yeah, certain thud, you're like, okay, like that's, I know, I know, I think I know where I hit him. I heard that noise. That's a good shot, right? But I can tell you, like, I won't get down out of a tree stand probably like an hour and a half, two hours to even get down and look, look at my arrow. If it's laying there or just like where I shot, right? That's how I am too. Like the last two things that I've shot with my bow, like, I mean, that bear, I could see the blood from where I shot it. It was that close, but I still just wanted to play it safe because, I mean, I could only see about 40 yards and I could hear him running and then I just couldn't hear anything and yeah, just prayed for the best, really. Yeah. Yeah, I... I'm really happy you found that animal because, you know, that's, that's a killer, man. That's a killer. Like, if you don't – if that story doesn't end good. Oh, no. It's that's like all my cousins told me. Like, they've been bear hunting since they were 12 or whenever they started hunting, and none of them have killed a bear with their bow. They've yeah. all, they've got them in rifle, but uh, they told me I should feel pretty damn lucky. I, I would say, brother, <laughs> I mean, I can tell you, like, I don't put enough time in the woods right now as it is to kill a bear, and – and I mean, even rifle, like, I'm not saying it couldn't happen. It could definitely happen because I'm in the woods, but like, I feel like I could put more time in. Oh, definitely. So now, like for me, if we get one in archery season or something, it's probably going to be like, I'm at the right place at the right time. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I'm in there hunting deer and I'm not hunting bear sign. It's just going to have to overlap. Yeah. Our, I mean, I've been a part of a lot of uh, bear harvest and something that I've just really liked ever since the first time I've seen one go down and like. Uh, it just gets me jacked up anytime anytime somebody brings up bear i could talk to you for hours about it really <laughs> that's good though man that's good that's like good. when my brother shot his that was exciting i guess i didn't even say the weight of my bear so my bear ended up being 225 pounds okay oh, that's a nice bear yeah and then my brother shot one the year before me and his was 436 it right. was that's a monster yeah it was now, huge. was yours a boar or a sow mine was boar and what was his, his? was a sow okay Okay. His was just shy of the PA record, actually, for a sow. Yeah. Shit, I didn't know. Yeah. That. Yeah, that's 
that's that's wonderful. That's awesome. You guys put a lot of wood, time in the woods. You guys deserve it. You know, I I will I will like I'd like to say that for sure, man. Because, and and I'm not gonna say other people don't deserve to kill stuff and stuff like that. It's just I think you feel happier whenever you know certain guys that are putting a lot of time in the woods and they and they're successful at something. Yeah, it's kind of like you're like hell yeah, hell yeah. You know, they them them guys they earned that. But, um, yeah, I I. I think that the bear hunting's awesome. Now, as far as the bear hunting, did you guys butcher your own bear too, or? Um, yeah, we did. Okay. Uh, we actually got the taxidermist to help us skin it because mm-hmm. we ended up getting them mounted. Right. Actually, just got it back about a month ago. Nice. So now, how, how, what'd you do with it? Uh, full body mount. Yeah, no shit. Got it like it's walking. It looks pretty sweet. Right. That is cool. Yeah, and um, honestly, from my brother's bear, there was just so much fat on it yeah. like you don't get nearly as much meat as you'd think like yeah those things gear up for winter for sure oh yeah man for sure well if you were gonna sleep for how many months you know yeah <laughs> i mean common misconception is they're just sleeping there you know they're just kind of like in a lethargic state but yeah that's what i've <clears throat> like read about and learned like it's just reduced activity really and yeah just not doing much yeah have you ever run across that bear den um I think I know where some are. I've never actually saw the bear in it, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, not really. Yeah, they're there's they're around, man, and it's really cool. Like I, when I was in Maine, I'll actually show you some pictures here in a little while. But um, the one bear den was in like uh, think of like they were in there clear cutting, mm-hmm. and they pushed everything in this big pile, right? Like, but when I say big pile, like think like higher than my house, pile high. Yeah. So they must have had an excavator in there or something to, to pile it up like that. Think of like a beaver dam on the ground, right? And there was a den inside there. And it was like where they were denning. And then the other one I, that we found, we actually were rabbit hunting and we run across it, was it looked like a gigantic bird nest right in the middle of the freaking ground. Never that'd seen, be cool to see. Never seen nothing like it, man. Yeah, it's that'd wild. Be, that'd be something to and see. And what they told us, the bear biologists were there. They said that she was probably running late. You know, and she was probably ready to make a drop because they'll, they'll have their babies. Mm-hmm. And um, she she probably, you know, just bird nested up like that and said, OK, this is going to be it. This is this is going to be, you know, home for a while. So it was cool, man. It was wild. Yeah, it's definitely pretty cool to hear yeah. about. Yeah. No, they got, you know, their bear population is a little, little better than ours. But oh, definitely our pear, bear population what do you think? What do you think about what's going on with our with the uh, with Pennsylvania? How do you feel? about I actually have a lot of friends that tell me there's no bears in the woods, and I just laugh because <laughs> I I know they're there, and I mean most of the time they go in the thickest nastiest stuff, and that's why like our bear drives are usually successful, because we got guys that are willing to go through there and mm-hmm. uh, just whenever whenever you know there's bears there through cameras just catching tracks. You can, like, there's definitely more than people think. Like, we actually got one on our first drive this year. Nice. So it was it was very exciting. Um, yeah, I'd say there's there's definitely a lot more bear than people think. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, I think the population. A lot of them still have the tags and stuff too. Like, my bear actually didn't. Ha- it was never tagged, but the bear my brother shot, he had uh, double tagged actually. Mm. And they said his bear was, like, 13 years old. Like, they had all the research on it. Like, and obviously they take a tooth. Right. And send it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think 
Bears are just really cool. Yeah. They are, man. They really are. And I think that the game commission has done a great – the bear population is – it's it has to be. I Maybe I'm wrong because I don't have the numbers. But I will tell you that in my area, there's way more bear than there used to be. I mean, it used to be you, – you wouldn't see a bear. Yeah, I think I know of like four around here that were shot just this past season. Yeah, right. And I probably have pictures of two. I'll put money on it. Yeah, I know my cousin shot one. <clears throat> yeah. So it's yeah, it's it, it's really booming and it's definitely become more popular, I think, as of as of late. I think the bear population has or uh hunting has become a lot more popular and look at the season, you know, it's 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 a lot longer now too. Mm-hmm. Cuz I remember they used to have some different rules and regulations and now you got a Sunday. Yeah. Right? Which Hey, you know, we were talking about that before. Hey, I'm all for it. Let the man hunt, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel you, man. Um, the last thing I want to touch on, man, uh, before we get you going and get you out of here is uh, the Saturday opener for rifle season. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Um, Honestly, I like my birthday is usually um, like on Thanksgiving or on one of those days. So if it comes down to – like me not shooting an archery buck, I'm honestly for it because that's usually I'd like to kill a birthday buck. So, I I mean I know people say the tradition about Mondays and but I think the Saturdays get more people in the woods that work a nine to five, and pretty much, I mean yeah it could ruin people's camp traditions, but I think I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I'm definitely for the Saturday. I know there's, pe- I mean, people have their opinions on that stuff, but I, yeah, I definitely, I, yeah, I like Saturday yeah. for the start. Yeah, I can, I can see why you do, and I could see why some people don't. Like you said, the tradition of camp and stuff, but I feel like <clears throat> that argument is sometimes maybe a little bit null because, okay, well, why aren't we camping with family on other weekends too? Yeah, right? you know, exactly. I, I, it's just the way I look at it, and I I understand like it is hard to get time to get everybody together on stuff, and then like deer season gives them everybody a reason to come together, right? But like, there's no reason why we can't do that for sufficient season. Why can't we do that for fishing season, right? Or why can't we do that for whatever just you could for think fun, of turkey? Yeah. I don't know. Tur- have turkey camp, right? I know some guys that do something similar in that bear camp. That's huge for a yeah. lot of, for a lot of guys, you know. So yeah, I. I I like the idea of people saying, oh, well, it brings money. Well, let me tell you something. I think that the Saturday would bring more money in because your non-resident hunters are going to be able to come in and hunt Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So I I was going to say some people can only hunt the weekends Yeah. or maybe like just the last hour during the week. Right. But yeah, I, I've, I think Saturdays are a good thing. And like you said, the money for the game commission and for sure. It's in my eyes. It's it's definitely positive. Yeah, yeah. I think I I don't know what's gonna happen with it because there is a slight chance it could get changed back to Monday. I don't say slight chance. Like there is a chance it could get changed back to Monday, and if it does, I don't think you'll ever see that Saturday opener again. I think it'll be gone. I yeah, really I agree. I think if I really don't know how they vote on that or whatever, but um, yeah, I'd say if they change it, that's set in stone. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I would say that that it would be be gone forever. See ya. But I don't know, man. I I, I like it. I understand the viewpoints, and I respect every conversation that comes with it. And if somebody else wants to talk about it, gladly talk to them about it. But um, before I get you going, brother, I want you to let everybody know where they can find you at, where they can follow you, maybe where they can get a hold of you if they have any questions or, uh, like you were saying about helping people out, maybe they want a hand. Yeah. Uh, so right now I have the Goonie Outdoors page on Instagram. Uh, you guys could reach me on there. And in the bio, I have my Instagram linked in there and my brothers. So you could reach out to one of us if you have any questions about doing your own, like cutting up your own deer, uh, your own mounts. We uh, do a lot of those for people. And honestly, just any questions, like I'm, I'm always for answering questions, helping people out. For sure. And yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, brother. No doubt. No doubt. It's, it's a no brainer for me, man. Uh, you know, you don't live far. This is a conversation that I more than enjoy having because like we were talking about before, um, I could probably talk to you till till midnight or later. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and not even know what time it is. You know what I mean? It's just too easy. And that's why I really enjoy doing this and I enjoy having guests like you come on. And the 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 fact of it is is the show is meant to bring value to outdoorsmen and it doesn't matter what that is. It's hunting, fishing, mountain biking, uh, other recreational sports that are done outdoors. It's not, you know, a one trick pony or nothing like that, but it's also to try and open a door or a gate for others to say, hey, these guys were talking about this, or she or he was talking about that. Like, I can reach out to them, right? And it's it's supposed to make it make you feel personable to anybody that's listening to you. Oh, and, yeah. And then that way they can kind of open up and say, hey, I heard you talk about this. What are your points on this? Or maybe somebody shoots you a message. Like, I just got one the other day. A guy sent me a picture, and it was a topo map. And he said, hey, you know, I'm going to – think about checking this spot out and what do you i said well you know check this point right and is there something on that point i have no idea right oh yeah that's where i would would go right and that's that's all you know when you when you're able to have a, a community that is as tight as the outdoorsman community it's it feels good just like when you know you go on a deer drive and you kill a deer right doesn't it feel like everybody killed that deer Oh, it does. Right. Bear, That's like whatever, whatever we've went together before. Yeah, uh, right. I mean, didn't matter who actually pulled the trigger, like just right. seeing everybody smile and getting the group picture or whatever. That's that to me. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's the beauty of it, man. And that's what comes with, with this. So, um, just closing statements here. If, if you guys are afraid, scared, have any questions or want to learn a little bit more, um, or maybe you're a master, and maybe there's something you can teach uh, one of us. We we love it, man. Reach out, talk, bullshit. I'll talk your ear off for hours and hours, you know. So um, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you too. Yeah. It's fun. We'll catch up with you later in the year, and uh, we'll check on your season. Yeah, uh, I'd definitely come back on. So For sure, for sure. Maybe we can bring your brother on too. Oh, yeah. So. He would definitely like it. Yeah, I'm sure he would. All right, man. Well, we'll talk to you later. And that wraps it up for another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. I really appreciate all the love and everybody reaching out recently. Um, The support's been great. Love it, guys. Keep it coming. Uh, If you don't like it, like I said, tell me. That's great. 
change what I can. And uh, if I can't change it, you'll just have to live with it because we're uh, we're going to keep coming with more episodes here. Uh, and I want to thank Braden for coming through the studio. Really, really connected with the conversation. Him knowing I'm talking about the old tree over by the big rock there makes the conversation great. Well, I got you here. Don't forget to go over to the Apple podcast and the Spotify app and rate, comment, and subscribe. Subscribe's the big one, guys. Uh, if you want to help the show out, appreciate everything you do for it. Keep listening. Thank you, and God bless.